Good morning and welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here today. Whether you're here in person in our modern sanctuary or joining us from downstairs in our traditional space or online or listening to our podcast, it's great to have all these ways to connect together. But we're one church serving the one and only God and with one message today. I'm so glad to have all of you with us here. Uh, as Chris said here, uh, and Lindsay downstairs, we're starting a new uh, sermon series today. It's called The Way, and I'll explain that as we get through the series, but uh, what a great day to be here. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers uh, and grandmothers who are with us, and uh, we're just excited to have you uh, join us as well. Uh, when I was growing up, and even still today somewhat, um, my friends and I, or even family, would, would have this response to like some incredible or incredulous kind of information uh, that kind of sounds exciting but might be too good to be true. Like, guess who I'm going out with this weekend? Laura Luther. No way, right? That's, uh, the response is no way. Guess who got tickets to the movie premiere tonight that her sold out? Me. No way. You guys ever do that? Like the no way kind of thing? So, well, we also came up with the response to no way. We took it to a new level, right? So, uh, hey, guess who got a date with Laura Luther? Me. No way. Way, right? So it was kind of the response of yes, it did happen. Uh, guess who made the team? Hey, my son made the team. No way. Way, right? So it's a response. No way, way. And you can kind of use like a surfer dude kind of thing. Like, way, dude. Like, yeah, it's happening, right? Like, this is good stuff. That seems too good to be true. Uh, no way that's true. But yes way, that's true, right? That's going to make sense later today. I know that sounds kind of silly and all, but um, no way and way. What are the incredible things that happen in your life that people will be like, there's no way. That just That's too good to be true. And, and you can respond, yes way. It's happening. It's good. There's great things in my life that we can celebrate. So let's think about that in our lives today, uh, because it, it has to do with this sermon series called The Way. I want to go into the Bible today. We're going to be in the book of Acts. It's where the church first started, uh, the Christian church first started in the first century. And uh, we know that it's called the church. We know people are called Christians, followers of Christ. But before that, followers of Jesus in the first century were called something else. So let's see what that is in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Meanwhile, Saul, Saul was a religious leader in the day, and he didn't think Jesus and his disciples were truly following the Jewish way of life, and so he was out to kill them, arrest them and kill them. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the early church followers of Jesus was called the way, no way, way, the way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Let's keep going in the book of Acts. This is in Acts 19. But some of them became obstinate, and they refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. People were going against the way, against Christians, against the church. So Paul, remember that guy Saul who was like persecuting Christians? Jesus appeared to him, and Paul or Saul surrendered to him and became a follower of Jesus. He became part of the way. He changed his name to Paul and became one of the biggest advocates for Christ that ever lived, right? So now Paul left them, and he took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And about that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. The way. Let's keep going. Acts 21. However, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way. This again is Saul who became Paul, who now follows the way, which they call a sect. 
Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. Right? You know, some of us might be in church our whole lives and never realized that the church was first called the way. Right? It's called Christians, right? But the first way that they described us was the way. Why was the early church called the way? Why was the early church called the way? Well, before we get to that, I want to look at some words from Jesus that, that begin to lay a hint for this. Okay, so it's going to be uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is talking about how to find life, how to find life in the kingdom of God. And this is what he says, enter through the narrow gate. Right? Another translation for gate is way. Right? Enter through the narrow way. For wide is the way and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the way or the road that leads to life. And only if you find it. So Jesus is saying if you want to find life, you want to find life to the full, you want to find the kingdom of God. Right? It's a great place to go, but it's hard to get there. It's a narrow path. It's a narrow way. If you want to find destruction, right, it's an easy path to get there, right? It's a wide path and many people take it. Hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. It doesn't matter if I hurt you. It doesn't matter if I hurt other people, right? I'm going to go that way, right? It's the way of the world. It says do everything that you want to do. It's going to feel good. It's going to be great. There are no consequences, but that way that's so easy leads to destruction. But if you want to find true life now and forever, it's going to be a little more difficult. Right? The path's going to be more narrow. It's going to be hard to stay on that path, but it's worth it. Right? The narrow way. If you've ever been to Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is near us here in, in Charlotte, South Park community, there is a dinner theater right near Carowinds down there. It's called Narrow Way Productions. It's a Christian uh, dinner theater. They do like Broadway plays, sort of in a Christian theme. And you can have dinner while you're doing that, right? Narrow Way Productions. That's where it comes from, this passage of Scripture. Following Christ right, is a narrow way. It's hard to do, but it's very worthwhile. You know, if we think about life uh, and things that really matter in life, that are important, um, that have value, usually they're hard to attain, right? right? The best things, the best relationships, the best jobs, the best uh, reputations, all that, it takes work. It, 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 not everybody can get there, right? It's, it takes some time. It takes investment. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers, and he said, have you ever wondered how people get to the top of their profession? Like the best athletes or the best artists or the best musicians or the best business people, right? He said they, they become experts, and to do that, they have to invest a lot. They have to invest over 10,000 hours in whatever they do to become the best of all. So you want to be the best quarterback or the best you know, artist, the best trumpet player, the best business person, right? You have to invest in what you're doing, like 10,000 hours, right? Throwing a football, 10,000 hours. That's equates to like 10 years worth of work. A lot of people get tired along the way trying to do that. It's fun to go out and throw the ball around the backyard for 15 minutes or so, but 10,000 hours, right? If you want to achieve great things in life, it takes an investment. It's a hard, challenging thing, but it's worthwhile, Right. Now, some of us probably know people who've played sports for 10 years or they've been in business for 10 years or artists for 10 years or musicians for 10 years, and they're not any good at it. Right? So we could push back against Malcolm Gladwell, but what he says is, right, to become the best and to become an expert, right, you have to have goals, you have to practice again and again, you have to take feedback, right? It's not just showing up. It's putting in the hard work 
And sometimes it's not fun, but if that's what you're called to do, it's worth it, right? So we're looking at the way to life, the way to live life to the full. It's more challenging, right, than just going out with everybody else doing everything that you want to do, but it's not good for you, but it's worthwhile. Now, let me just be clear in this, right? We don't earn our way to God. We don't earn our way to love. We don't earn our way um, to life. But if we're going to follow Jesus, the path is going to be a little more challenging than not following Jesus and just following what we want to do. But it's totally worth it, okay? So we're going to look at that narrow way over the next few weeks here. What does it look like to be on the way with Jesus? What does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to try to find life to the full? What does it look like to find life eternal? What does that look like? What is that narrow way? And we're going we're gonna to discuss that. And we're going to come back and think about what it looks like through this whole series about following Jesus on the way to life. So I hope you'll be a part of that, and we're going to continue talking about that uh, this morning. So I want to go back to Scripture again. Again, words of Jesus. This is uh, from John's Gospel. And I think this passage of Scripture really illustrates why the early Christians were called the way. Before they were called the church, before they were called Christians, they were called the way. And this is why I think it is. These are Jesus' words in John's gospel. Jesus is getting ready to go die on a cross and come back to life so that we can be in a right relationship to God. And Jesus is preparing his disciples for this. And they're not really grasping this. And they're not understanding all this. But he's going to try to explain it to them, right? Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. Right? Jesus is going to die. He's going to come back to life. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Just stay on that slide one second, Melissa. Right? I love Thomas. He's so honest. Remember, he's the disciple when Jesus came back to life and people are like, we saw Jesus. He's like, no, you didn't. Like, yeah, we did. He's like, well, I need to see Jesus. I need to see the holes in his hands where he was nailed to the cross, right? Thomas is just like this honest guy saying the things that you and I are probably thinking, right? So Jesus is like, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back. I'm going to die, come back to life. You know where I'm going. And Thomas is like, no, we don't. (laughs) Can, Can you go back, Jesus, and help us out with that? We're not quite sure exactly what you're saying. I love Thomas and his honesty because he asked questions that I would ask. And so he's like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. What are you talking about? You're going to die and come out to life and come get us. Like, what, what does that mean? Right? How can we know the way to wherever you're going? Right? Let's go to the next verse. And this is the crucial one. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, God, except through me. I am the way. I think that's why the early Christians were called the way. Jesus is the path. Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the truth. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus is the life, right? Life to the full now, life uh, for, to eternity forever, right? Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to God, the Father, except through me. Right? That's a powerful statement. Uh, so why were people who followed Jesus early in the Christian beginning called the way because Jesus was the way Jesus is the way we follow Jesus we are the way right Jesus is the way we're the way right so what does it mean that Jesus is the way to God again we're going to talk about it over the next few weeks 
But I want to really tackle this scripture early on because um, it's a controversial scripture. And sometimes it's been twisted and there's a lot of stuff here because that's a very exclusive claim where Jesus says, I'm the only way to God. If you want to go to God, you got to come through me, right? Well, Jesus, that sounds pretty exclusive, right? It's exclusive because what does it say to every other religion that ever existed? Like all the religions that were in the first century, what does it say about other religions in the modern world, right? That's an exclusive claim. Now, some would say, absolutely, it's exclusive, but it's also inclusive. Anyone can follow Jesus. Anyone can choose to follow Jesus. But what does it say about our relationships with people that we like and respect and work with and live with that are not Christian? They might be Jewish, they might be Hindu, they might be Muslim, uh, might be Buddhist. Like, how do we, like, interact with people of other beliefs, right? And do we really take Jesus at his word that he's the only way to God? What about these other religions? Well, I would say at first, like, it's not our job to judge anyone of any other religion, right? That's not our job. Right? Our job is to love people. Like if, we, if we feel called to follow Jesus, that's absolutely okay. But we can't judge other people. We can't condemn other people. In fact, I think Jesus was a bridge builder. And Jesus would want us to build bridges with people of all faiths and even people that don't have faith at all. Right? Christians, we're not judges. Right? We're, we're created to love people. We're going to see that on this journey in the way. Like, so that's not our role to judge other people. I think we could also look at what we have in common with other religions. There are a lot of things in all religions that overlap, right? There's a moral code to treat people with respect and dignity, right? To love each other, to make the world a better place, uh, right? All that kind of stuff, right? So there's a lot in common. But if we're honest, if we look at other religions, we don't say the same thing about like who God is or what the purpose of life is, or what happens after death, right? There's all kinds of different opinions. And so we have things in common with other religions, but we have things that are different. And it's okay to recognize those differences. But again, we're not judges. It's not our job to judge. It's our job to love. But it's also okay for us to believe that Jesus is the way to God, that Jesus is God himself, that we can find a relationship to God. We don't have to apologize for believing that Jesus is the way to God. That's okay too as well. Now C.S. Lewis, who is a famous Christian writer, I mean he's dead now, but he wrote uh, some really good stuff. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, um, children's books, but other adults read those. There have been movies. He wrote a lot of real books about how to deal with like death, how to think about heaven and hell and things like that. And he's called a Christian apologist. Not that he says, I'm sorry for Christianity, but he tries to make Christianity understandable from a reasonable sense, like that that having faith is a reasonable thing. We talked a lot about that in our last series. But C.S. Lewis said that he thinks that there is truth, elements of truth in other religions, and we don't need to condemn them. And he also said that people in other religions might belong to Jesus and not yet know it. Now, that might seem condescending to people of other religions. I could see how that could be, could be that way. Um, but C.S. Lewis is basically saying, right, we can't judge other people. We can't do that. But at the end of the day, what Jesus says is an exclusive claim. He says, I am the way to Jesus. I am the way to God. I am Jesus. I'm the way to God. I'm God himself, right? So it's okay for us to believe that. It is. Uh, and because Jesus is trying to introduce everyone to God. Jesus is trying to introduce everyone to God. Now, in my life, the reason that I believe that Jesus is the way to God is my understanding of religions and stuff is that Christianity is the only way 
that we get to God where we don't earn it ourselves. Like, we can't work and do enough good to get to God, right? In Christianity, we are created in God's image. We have a lot of goodness in us, but we can't save ourselves. It takes God coming to us to be in that relationship, right? So in my life, I do good things, but I also do some boneheaded things, a lot of dumb things that hurt other people and hurt me. There's no way I can earn God's love. I just can't do it, right? Christianity says you don't have to earn God's love. It's given to you, right? Jesus is the one who reaches out to us and brings us to God. That's, that's what connects with me and, and all of this. And so that's just where I'm coming from. But at the end of the day, right, Jesus is making this exclusive claim. I'm the way to God. So what does that look like in our lives, in our relationships? Well, we can think about Jesus as the way in, in several different ways, right? One, it's a journey and a destination, right? We want to end up with God in, in heaven forever, right? But it's also, uh, it's, a, it's a path, right? It's a journey, right? We're, Jesus walks with us now, right? It's not just like everything's going to be great one day. Everything can be good right now. We can have a good relationship with Jesus right now. So like we're on this journey, we're going somewhere, but the journey matters just as much as the destination, right? So it's a, it's a life with Jesus now. It's a life with Jesus forever, right? It's a journey and a destination. Um, so it's a verb and a noun, right? We're going somewhere, uh, but we're also walking with Jesus. We're going to get somewhere at some point, heaven, right, into the new earth. But we're also walking the path with Jesus now, right? So it's a both and kind of a thing. Uh, it, Jesus is a means and an end, right? It's the way to live our life. It's also a destination. We're going to end up with Jesus in eternity. Uh, there's an inward and an outward part of the path, right? The inward part is we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about our relationship to God, right? We, God helps us grow in who we are. And so we have this inner relationship with God and ourselves, but we also live it out in the world, right? It's not just an individual decision, we live our faith out in the world. So we serve God by helping other people. We fight for justice in the world where things are not right, where things are broken, where people are oppressed, right? We work to bring good into their lives. So like it's an individual decision to follow Jesus on the way, but it's lived out in community, right? We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? To help people, to bring justice into the world. So it's an internal and an external kind of a thing, right? And Jesus is also a person and God, right? He's human and he's divine, right? And so the fact that Jesus is a person and God means that we can have a personal relationship with God. We can have a personal, loving relationship to God. Jesus knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your hopes and your dreams. He knows your fears and your stresses and your anxiety. And he cares about you. And he has plans for your life. He knows that you do good things. He knows that you do wrong things and he loves you and he wants to forgive you and he wants to be in this relationship with you now to give you life that is full and he wants to live forever with you in the glorious kingdom of eternity, right? And so it's a personal way, a personal God, right? And Jesus understands us because he became a human being and he understands what it's like to get angry and upset and be scared and have hopes and dreams and friends and family and people who betray us and stab us in the back. Jesus gets it. So we're walking with a person, we're walking with God, and that's a huge privilege. Now, we talked about the way kind of being a narrow way, right? It's kind of a, a harder path to follow. 
And I think the reason is that is because when we follow Jesus, there's always going to be a cross involved, right? So God created us in God's image. We all have goodness in us because we're created in God's image, and that's awesome. You guys do good things. You bring good into the world. I've seen it among you, among our church, among our world. There's a lot of goodness in the world, and a lot of times we don't celebrate that. We don't celebrate that enough. God also created us in his image and gave us the freedom to choose, and sometimes we choose poorly. We do things that hurt other people. We do things that hurt ourselves. We do things that ruin relationships, right? And so because of that, we experience some bad stuff. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed. We're going to die a death one day, and we, we experience hell, which means broken relationships or being cut off from God, being cut off from each other, right? And so that's not what Jesus wanted. And so he, he decided, I've got to go fix that. So he decides to leave heaven, become a human being while still remaining God, right? And then dying on a cross, he took all that junk on himself, right? The, the wrongdoing, the guilt, the shame, the death, the hell, and he defeated it when he came back to life. So that now you and I can be forgiven when we do something wrong. Instead of feeling guilty and ashamed, we can feel joy and peace and forgiveness, and we can live a life in this world that's full of joy and hope, right? We can live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? Jesus did all of that, but he had to, to, to go through some hard times on the cross, right? He had to sacrifice himself, and he had to suffer. So those of us who follow Jesus on the way, we're going to get a lot of good stuff, right? Joy and peace and life to the full and life forever, but the reason the path following Jesus is narrow is we also, it says in the Bible, we also have to all carry our own cross, which means that in our lives, we have to sacrifice for Jesus. But sometimes we, want to, we need to do something that God wants us to do rather than what we want to do. We want to cuss out the guy in traffic. We want to cuss out the clerk at the mall, right? We want to punch somebody in the face. But Jesus says, no, you can't do that. We want to spend our money on a lot of stuff that we don't need when there are people who are starving in the world. And God says, it might be better to use some of that money to feed hungry people, right? We hear a racist comment at work or something. We want to ignore it, not get involved. But Jesus said, you hear that comment, you got to say something about it, right? So following Jesus is great and it's awesome. But the reason it's narrow is because it always involves a cross. We always have to sacrifice something. There's always a part of our life in which we're going to suffer, right? And that's not the best sales pitch in the world. Hey, come follow me. You're going to suffer and you're going to have to sacrifice, right? But that's what Jesus is, right? Now, there's a lot of good stuff on the other side of that, right? The narrow way is, is it's amazing, right? We have relationships with God. We have relationships with each other. We have all that good stuff that I shared, but there's always a sacrifice. There's always suffering, uh, and that's a hard sales pitch. Uh, and that's why it is the narrow way, but it's worthwhile, and Jesus showed that it's worthwhile, right? Life to the full now, life to the full forever in heaven, right? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? So what, what, what's, what's all this about? And that's what I think it is. Jesus is the way, right? Jesus is the way. So the action step then is follow Jesus, right? Follow Jesus. What does that look like in your life? Are you on the path with Jesus? Are you, do you know Jesus is a loving, personal Savior? Are you, are you on that path? Right? Again, we don't earn our way to Jesus. We can't do enough good things to get to heaven or get to Jesus. Jesus has done that for us on the cross. He gives it to us. But if we receive Jesus, then we're going to want to walk that path with him. Right? So let me, let me explain it one other way, maybe. 
today is Mother's Day. Uh, and so happy Mother's Day again to all of you who are moms, all uh, your grandmothers, uh, those of you who are expectant moms. We have some expectant moms here in the church today. We're super excited for, for all of you. Um, also realize that today is a hard day for some people, that Mother's Day can be a very difficult day. Uh, some of us don't have a great relationship with our mom or our grandmother. Uh, some of us uh, want to be mothers or grandmothers, and we can't be for, what, for whatever reason. Uh, some of us have lost a mom or a grandmother who's died, and we can't see them today. And that makes us sad, right? There's there are a lot of us who are, it's a hard day for us today, and, and I'm sorry for that. And I want you just to know that God loves you and that God is a heavenly parent, right? God's like a mother, like the best mom ever who just who dotes on us and loves us and all this stuff I've been talking about, right? So I would encourage you to seek solace in God today. It's also okay, though, to be happy today. Like, if, you, if you're going to be a mom, if you are a mom, if you're a grandmother, right? Mom, mom, me, me, whatever it is, right? It's okay to celebrate that, and, and we celebrate you today, and it's a great day. Uh, my mom is alive and well. saw her yesterday. Um, my wife, Laura, is an amazing mother. Uh, I love her and what she does. I love my in-law, my mother-in-law. Like, we all got together yesterday, and it was just a fun day to, to celebrate this weekend. But when I think about Jesus... And being Christ-like and being self-giving and being self-sacrificing. You know, I, I don't know that you can have any better role model than a mom, right? right? Mothers, you live the life of Jesus, right? You give up so much for your children. It's amazing, right? You sacrifice things. And um, from being pregnant and, and having your body expand in ways that you didn't think it happened, right? And, going through the physical pain of childbirth. Like I was in the room, but I wasn't doing it. I was looking at my, my wife. I'm like, how is she doing that, right? It's just, it's, it's amazing, right? Then to give up all of the time and the sleep and the money that you could be spending on yourself to give up what you want to do so that you can take care of your child and, right, rocking them and feeding them and burping them and washing the spit up and poop and pee off your clothes, right? Like, that's a lot of stuff. And uh, then, you know, when they're older, right, just waiting for them to come home from being on a date and having arguments with them and trying to show them the right way of life. And I've had moms tell me, you never stop worrying, no matter how old your child is, right? You want to think about sacrifice and, and, sell, and loving someone more than yourself. Like, moms, you are great examples of that. That's the way of Jesus, to love someone more than yourself, to, to sacrifice what you want for them, right? To, to even suffer sometimes because you are caring for someone else. That's, that's the way. That's the way of Jesus. My wife, Laura, and I have um, uh, two friends. They're a married couple, and they're uh, in the process of fostering a five-year-old girl to adopt her. And they, they already had three boys, biological sons that are uh, elementary and middle school age. Um, and so we asked them, like, you know, why are you feeling led to bring another, you know, child into your home? That's going to be a lot more money. Uh, some of your boys are going to be jealous, and, and some of them were, and they're going through all those dynamics, right? It's going to, it's just going to be, it's going to be a big sacrifice. It's going to be a big deal. Why, why are you doing that? Right? And they're like, because we think that every child should have a home. Every child should have that love, right? And, and this little girl just came out of a bad situation. Her mom was into drugs and she overdosed and she's dead, you know? And so they brought her into their home and, and she's like experiencing all these things for the first time. She's like, I get my own room. 
I get new clothes. I, I get three meals a day. No way. There's no way this is possible, right? You're going to take me to school, took her to church for the first time, learn about who Jesus is. I got all these brothers now who might fight with me, but who love me, right? There's no way. This, this just can't be true. But yes, we, it's true. We love you and God loves you. That's the way. That's what we celebrate today. That's how Jesus feels about all of us, right? We are all the children of God. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're important to God. God loves you. God created you in God's image. God has great plans for your life. God wants you to live and laugh and hope and dream. And God's going to be there when you get hurt and life stings and, and bad things happen to you. And God's going to pick you back up, right? right? That's the God that we serve. And he says, right, I just want you to come along with me on the way of life. I want to live with you. I want to walk with you, right? I want to forgive you when you do wrong things. I want to help celebrate the good things that are happening. I want to lead you into heaven for all of eternity. And we stop and we hear that and they're like, there's no way. That sounds too good to be true. But way, yes way, it's true. That's who Jesus is and that's what Jesus does. And so I invite you, if you don't yet know who Jesus is, to come back, to open your heart, say, God, I want to believe that you're real. I believe that, that Jesus came to show me how to get to you and I'm willing and I'm ready. Jesus is the way. Follow Jesus. Happy Mother's Day in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.